Hello and welcome back to the 60th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast with your host, Ben and Leon. And of course, we have the lovely Ashley Downing with us as well. Hello, hello. Oh, right, guys. So today we have a very interesting uh, video lined up for you. Or if you're listening, um, a bit episode video or not video episode, uh, listening episode for you to <laughs> enjoy. Uh, we are going to talk about how um, or if Bernie Sanders was cheated by the DNC, um, and at any time. We're all, we're going to be focusing on uh, the 2016 election uh, to see to compare. But he was cheated both times. At least that's in our opinion. That is not like accepted by the media or anything like that. But then again, what if the truth? If they would actually sponsor the truth, then that would be the case. But they don't. So they're against that so uh we're also going to talk about a video uh that you are going to see elizabeth warren talk about if bernie sanders was cheated in the election uh and i think it's going to be really funny it was very enjoyable for me to watch elizabeth warren talk um because she was such a different person back then um such a different candidate than she is now um, but you're going to see those differences. She was the progressive lion uh, in the Senate. But we will go ahead and uh, just discuss that first. And then we'll go, we'll go into a couple of articles by The Observer uh, looking into the court decisions on those um, lawsuits that were filed by the Bernie Sanders campaign against the DNC um, because of that rigging um, of the election. So let's go ahead and jump in and watch that first video. By CNN, of course, I was a little reluctant, honestly, to pull them up. But I mean, at the same time, they had a really interesting video that I wanted to see. Um, it's just a little over a minute long. And of course, we have Jake Tapper here interviewing Elizabeth Warren, um, once again, on the rigging of the election against Sanders. So let's see and hear what she has to say. Today, from former Democratic National Committee Chairwoman Donna Brazil, um, that the Clinton campaign, in her view, did rig the presidential nominating process by entering into an agreement to control day to day operations at the DNC. Uh, the Clinton campaign controlling the party's staffing, strategy, finances, communications. And that agreement was entered into in August 2015, a year before she defeated uh, Senator Bernie Sanders. This must shock you. This is a real problem. But what we've got to do as Democrats now is we've got to hold this party accountable. Uh, when Tom Cariello was first, uh, Tom Perez was first uh, elected chair of the DNC, the very first conversation I had with him is to say, you have got to put together a Democratic Party in which everybody can have confidence that the party is working for Democrats rather than Democrats are working for the party. And he's being tested now. This is a test for Tom Perez. And either he's going to succeed by bringing Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders representatives into this process, and they're going to say it's fair, it works, we all. So I just uh, wanted to stop it really quick and point out that she, at that point, realized that the, the incumbent, or AKA like Hillary Clinton, had to take on 
and accept a lot of the policies uh, that Bernie Sanders was proposing. They had to take on people that he was supporting and had in his campaign and stuff. Um, obviously, she didn't take uh, make a ton of concessions. I mean, uh, overall, she lost to Donald Trump. I mean, that could have been for a multitude of reasons, as she would say. She would tell you herself that it was like 20 different reasons, when in reality, it was basically just herself. Um, so uh, we will continue the video. Uh, but I just thought it was funny to see how Warren is such a co stark contrast to what she is now. Or he's going to fail, and I very much hope he succeeds. I hope for Democrats everywhere. I hope for Bernie and for all of Bernie's supporters that he's going to succeed. Very quickly, Senator, do you agree with the notion that it was rigged? Yes. And one word, yes. Let's talk yeah. about that video. <clears throat> Initial thoughts, Ashley? I kind of gave my own little gist on it right away, but go ahead. You know, since it's a flashback video, I have a lot of different thoughts um, watching it now versus if I would have heard it back then. Um, I call bullshit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, she didn't endorse Bernie. Um, she, this time around. Yes, or, the, or this then, time around. Or then, or then, actually. True. And um, she kind of was supposed to be this progressive, like, I don't want to say protege, but um, she they worked really closely together. They were friends in the Senate. And then for her to not back him th this time around and not even I mean she was like you said I mean we had a bet that she wasn't going to say anything and she was just going to kind of hide in the bushes until this was all panned out and that's exactly what she did um so now is the time for Democrats to hold some type of accountability no she's never believed that I don't think that I'm glad you brought or that her actions don't say that she believes that I'm I'm, uh, I'm really glad you brought that up because that brings that actually highlights like how much she's changed you know not only that, but that she brought up uh, those claims of um, saying that like Bernie Sanders thought that she, uh, a woman couldn't be president, like those, uh, like those sexist claims against Bernie Sanders, completely baseless. Um, I mean, who knows? Like, I'm not going to say like 100% she's a liar. I mean, I don't know that for 100% fact, but it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, and that's, it doesn't seem like anyone bought into that after, after all, because soon after she said that that kind of happened and was in the news for a while, she started plummeting in the polls. I don't know if you guys remember that, but uh, people see through those kinds of things. Um, and, but the point why we bring this video up is because at the very end, like her one word, like straight to it, yes, the thing was rigged, you know, like this, it was all rigged against Sanders. And then he wasn't the only one, you know? Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the, the chairwoman of the DNC, um, who, I mean, was leading the whole thing, right? She had to resign because of the scandal that went on there and the rigging of the election in 2016 against Bernie Sanders. Down in Brazil, uh, one of the people that was working also with the, K, uh, the KFC, <laughs> the DNC, um, one of the people that was, that was working with them, she actually got caught um, giving the questions before the debates to the Clinton campaign. So they would provide the questions that they were going to ask them or the, to specifically Clinton. And um, 
she would be ready. Therefore, it's cheating. That's it's cheating. And to the notion that um, nothing of what they did, that either the DNC or the Clinton campaign, the notion that it didn't hurt the Sanders campaign or Bernie Sanders is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. I. Yeah, I mean, I think that when people hear the words rigged campaign, rigged election, um, you automatically have speculation there and aren't really sure if it's just a conspiracy theory or if this is actually accurate. But what's completely mind-boggling to me is, and I think now's a good time to bring up those articles, um, are, is the fact that this was, in the court's eyes, completely legal. <laughs> so they, I mean, yes, is this the, like, um, the history behind it article? So, yeah, so basically in this article, they talk about how the DNC, the lawyers for the DNC argued in court, and they were basically saying, well, sure, yeah, the election was rigged, you know, there were people on the, the Democratic National Committee who, you know, clearly favored Clinton. Um, but Sanders supporters, I mean, it didn't affect them at all. It didn't affect Sanders' campaign at all. Um, and then, yeah, you highlighted that, that part there. Did you want to read it? Uh, yeah, I, I highlighted this because I thought this was the thing that stood out most from this article talking about, once again, how they had the right to um, to do what they did, basically, to Bernie Sanders mm -hmm. in 2016. Um, and that was the that the attorneys representing the DNC have previously argued that Sanders supporters knew that the primaries were rigged, therefore annulling any potential accountability the DNC may have. In the latest hearing, they doubled down on this argument, saying, the, uh, and I quote, the court would have to find out that people who uh, feverently supported Bernie Sanders and who purportedly didn't know that this favoritism was going on would have not given to Mr. Sanders, to, Ms., to Senator Sanders, if they had known that, uh, that there was this purported favoritism. So go ahead. Which is just crazy to me. Absolutely. Um, it, it, but like I said, I, what's mind-boggling like to they me knew? is that this, exactly, they are completely admitting to everything in this class action lawsuit. I mean, they are just saying it doesn't matter, that it, there is nothing illegal about it, that people should know that there is favoritism in um, the election of the of, of the primary candidate um and that it, it's there's nothing illegal about it absolutely so go ahead. oh no go ahead i was just gonna say like um i was just actually gonna continue on to the next uh article article yes okay, okay cool <laughs> okay yeah sounds good <clears throat> and then i'll let you go ahead and take the lead on this one. Oh, okay so this was kind of like the decision um, and the court decide, decided that, well, first, you know, they agreed, yes, that the Clinton administration was clearly favored in the 2016 primary. Um, and uh, I, it says, in, 
um, in the second paragraph, in evaluating plaintiff's claims at this stage, the court assumes their allegations are true, that the DNC and Wasserman Schultz held a palpable bias in favor Clinton and sought to to propel her ahead of her Democratic opponent. So um, at this stage of the game, like they met after this, um, it's kind of just assumed that that's uh, true. Um, But what they're now trying to to figure out is, was the Sanders campaign and Sanders himself um, and his supporters, were they harmed? Was there a harm caused by this rigged election? So then they say, um, the court, oh, go back up. Oh, my bad. No, you're fine. Uh, fine. The court must, yeah, the court must now decide whether plaintiffs have suffered a concrete injury, particularized to them or one certainly impending that is traceable to the DNC and its former chair's conduct, Wasserman. Um, The keys to entering federal court. So basically they're saying that's the reason, that's what they would have to figure out if the case was going to go out any farther. And then it says the court holds that they have not. <laughs> um, so it's basically, in my eyes, how I see this is it's basically saying, yes, the election was rigged, but there is no, there is nothing illegal about it. And therefore there is nothing to stop them from doing it continuously. Um, and the court has up, up, upheld this, their actions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, what I think is, uh, kinda, yeah, that... go ahead. No, no, you go. <laughs> oh, I was going to talk about, um, this part here. Um, while it may be true, uh, this is part of the quote from the court. Mm-hmm. While it may be true in the abstract that the DNC has the right to have its delegates go in back rooms like they used to and smoke cigars and pick the candidate that way. The DNC through its charter has committed itself to a higher principle. I mean, and that's true if they're, if they're committing to the higher principle as in like getting, uh, subverting democracy, undermining the will of the voter, um, rigging the election, election fraud, election conspiracy, all these different charges. If that's the case, then they're definitely doing a spot on job gold star for you guys, DNC. Um, yeah. But I think it's absolutely insane that they basically are saying that they have the right to do this. Um, and that's, this should go as like a lesson to the voters um, in that this is a private party. They have uh, certain rights uh, that they have, and the lawyers will defend them tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Um, even though their charter says that they will do this and that, they obviously don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. And um, that's becoming increasingly evident. It became evident in 2016, um, and it, it, they hit it even harder out of the ballpark in 2020 um, doing something I have never seen in politics happen um, where someone that has so much momentum, so much energy, so much money um, behind him and grassroots support, especially in the case of Bernie Sanders after winning those first few States and still losing the nomination because of the democratic party intervening once again, and um, kind of using their super delegate system and having all of these uh, former candidates drop or, or all these candidates drop out except for key ones. They left, uh, of course, Joe Biden 
Elizabeth Warren, the only other progressive that could hurt Bernie Sanders and take away voters from him, mm-hmm. even though she was going to lose no matter what. Uh, and of course, Bernie Sanders. Well, Bernie Sanders failed in many ways too. He secured, he failed to secure the, um, the endorsement of fellow progressives, Elizabeth Warren, um, Tulsi Gabbard, even someone that endorsed him dropped out from the, the vice chair position of the DNC to endorse Bernie Sanders because of all those, um, the, the tampering with the election and rigging it for uh, Clinton back then. She took that principled stance and she didn't do it again in 2020, which I thought was very notable. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I think that That's like crazy. what this, I, I can't help but keep going back to the idea that this, our voting rights were kind of built on this idea that the American voter is not well informed. Um, so we need somebody else to help us make a, a good decision. Um, and the making the decision of the next presidential um, candidate or the next president of the United States was apparently too heavy of a task to uh, be given to American citizens. So we had the Electoral College. And um, as media has become more readily accessible to people and news is so widespread and you can really, though we have figured out how hard it is, um, you can really, you know, claw your way through different um, news outlets and really try to make an informed decision. Now we have these other obstacles too, like the Democratic Party and the Republican Party and how they're set up, specifically how a Democratic candidate is elected in the primary. Um, It's just like there's all these obstacles, like they don't think that people are capable of making informed decisions, so they find it necessary and it's almost like they're... um, so because they're trying to make the courts, you know, agree with them, it's almost like they're saying like, oh, well, we're being noble. Like, this is good. You know, we're helping the American public make good decisions by putting forth the best candidate that we think um, can do, you know, the best job at being the next U.S. president. And it's like, who are you to tell me that this is the next president, that this is going to be the best next choice, you know? Um, so I don't know. I just kind of, I, I can't help but think about that. It's definitely um, an insult the to the intelligence of every American citizen, definitely. And then Bernie Sanders would even say that. Uh, he would talk about it in, in different ways, though. But he would say that when Hillary Clinton back then in 2016 would say things like, oh, yeah, because I get this X amount of donations from all these different types of people, all these special interests. It doesn't affect the way I vote or have done any of the way the things that I've done. And then he's like... Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think the American people are stupid? He basically said that. Like, um, you insult the intelligence of the American people when you say things like that. Um, and I mean, those things are tried and true. Like, uh, yeah. of course, like we found out later on, or I, even then we knew that uh, because of WikiLeaks that she had, we had the transcripts of actually her, um, her, speech, her speeches that she gave to Wall Street, you know? Um, and then, and which he was paid hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. for. That. Um, the Clintons are became very wealthy after leaving the White House. 
um, in the 90s too. So um, very interesting to kind of look back on everything and see how everything is really stacked up um, for Clinton. Like in the very beginning in 2016, Clinton, um, well, it's kind of different. Um, 2016 comparatively speaking to 2020 because there were some changes that were made uh the in the first round in 2016 the super delegates were a thing where as like now they weren't really uh, a mm -hmm. thing this time around um well not officially they, i was yeah <laughs> so um the first time around they had um those super delegates where they the superdelegates, if you didn't know, are people, representatives of the Democratic Party. Um, these are um, U.S. representatives for the Democrats, uh, the Democrat, uh, Democratic governors, um, Democratic senators. You get the picture. Yeah. Um, and these Past people, politicians. these people all voted for the most part for Hillary Clinton. They secured her nomination way more like you have to meet of course. Uh, of course to meet the numbers right you have to meet the pledge delegates and you had in 2016 you had to meet the super delegate count and the super delegates were enough to kind of like tee to the edge enough i mean states that bernie sanders won the popular vote and still lost majority of the delegates because of the super delegates that were given uh, to Hillary Clinton, even opposed uh, their own constituents, especially in states like uh, Minnesota, where we had um, Senators Amy Klobuchar and Al Franken. They were both super dele delegates in 2016 and both voted for Clinton against the will of their own constituents because they had all voted for Bernie Sanders. So it's a really interesting thing to see how the establishment can, or the establishment is voting for the establishment people. They're protecting their own rather than yeah. going with the will of the people, you know? Um, and it's really interesting to note that. Um, but it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise. You guys should kind of see this as a trend. These people are, are always sticking to, uh, with each other um, because they don't want to see their, their life change in a substantial way. They don't want to have to work harder. That's why they don't let the president, like they don't take back those war powers from the president, even though they always talk shit about him for doing <laughs> those things. Well, the, it's really Congress's authority to declare war, but they won't do that. Why? Because they'd rather have the president be on TV talking about like how he's going to do all these military things and make him look stupid rather than have it be that. So, I mean, that's just one example, but um, yeah, this shit is rigged and uh, overall, um, is there any other thing that that I didn't cover and how they rigged both times? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I was just going to say, because oh, you were talking about the superdelegates, um, <laughs> a really good way of seeing how obvious that is, um, Bernie and, and was actually projected to win a lot of swing states. Um, and with the superdelegates, it actually pushed Hillary over the edge, but then come around for the actual presidential um race against Trump, she lost a lot of swing states and because she didn't campaign there. Um, so it's just really interesting. Like, you know, Bernie would have ended up, well, he was projected to win those states. So it's just kind of funny to me um, how the Democratic uh, committee kind of puts forth these establishment candidates regularly and they know that it's not the will of the people. It clearly wasn't the will of the people. And this time around it wasn't either. And they did the same thing. 
Absolutely. Uh, it, it really wasn't. Um, they're continuing their trend like they have uh, for decades and decades and decades of thinking that they're smarter than the American people, really, and putting the candidate that they believe will do the best job um, against whoever they're voting against, yeah. um, which oftentimes they're wrong is the thing, you know, like if you're trying to get the, the majority of the, the voters to vote for your candidate, but not at the same time, not listen to the will of the voters and who they're choosing for the candidate, how the fuck are you expecting to win? And the answer is they don't. The do they yeah. don't. The Democratic Party it has shown that they're more willing to lose to, to Donald Trump and the Republicans than to put a progressive in the White House. They proved it in 2016 and they hammered it in in 2020. And they're going to not let any progressive people actually make any significant difference. Well, I and, think because and it, it was also, I, I really, really quick, I want to mention that yeah. it's also part of Bernie's fault because Bernie Sanders, even though he has this giant movement behind him, all these people that really believe in him, diehard fans, people that won't vote for anybody else, the people that believe in him, they... Uh, they are upset, including me, because Bernie Sanders doesn't call out the Democratic Party. He didn't call them out in 2016 when they did it to him. He didn't, he didn't call it out this time either in 2020. Like, how are the American people at, at, at scale supposed to know about all these injustices and actually care and want to do these things if the candidate they're supporting and giving all this money to and all this stuff is not even doing it? Like, he's not doing it himself. He's not railing against the party that's fucking him. And, yeah. like, that's how is that a winning strategy? He, he wanted to lose. I was going to say, because he didn't want to win, at least not as bad as he claimed that he did. He wasn't willing to do what it took to... Um, and which is really crazy to me because, and we were just talking about this before the podcast, um, you know... He talked such a big game, you know, he said that he was going to take on Wall Street, take on big businesses, take on the pharmaceutical industry, um, the insurance companies, and excuse me, you can't even take on your own political party. Uh, I don't know. And what I was going to say earlier is just the fact that is Democrats, Republicans, both are working for the same type of people, the top 1% the establishment, the corporations, the industry, you know, healthcare industry, um, any, any multi-billion dollar, million dollar corporation, that's who they're really working for. And that's why they continuously put forth these candidates who are status quo, um, who aren't progressive because they don't want to upset their investors, upset their lobbyists, the people who help them get in office all these years. Um, so I don't think it's like a shock uh, that this is happening, but it is a shock that not more people um, know about it or not more, more people, more people aren't upset about it. <laughs> I feel like, especially with Democrats, what the problem is that they don't care about it. You know, they don't care or they don't believe that it actually happened. But how can you not when there's literally articles coming out, DNC lawyers argue DNC has right to pick candidates in back rooms. You know, court concedes the DNC had the right to rig the election. Like when you have articles that come out like 
and it's from the observer. I mean, I'm not saying that every, every, you know, you should trust every news outlet, but then do a little bit more research and see how accurate this is. It's a legitimate lawsuit. I don't think that you can really lie too much about that. Um, I, I think that people don't want to admit that this two-party system is not working. People are afraid of change and they don't. And I think that people are more afraid of Trump being president again, which to me is completely ludicrous, um, than standing up for their right to vote and how that is being infringed this election and last election. Mm -hmm. And it really has been. Um, but we'll see what people want to do. Let's talk about what we're going to do this time around uh, and our own personal okay. choices. Um, I'll start uh, by talking about what I'm going to do and what I'm planning to do this presidential election come November, right? So um, now that my choices are between Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump and uh, the third party options, whoever they uh, turn out to be, I believe uh, Howie Hawkins is the, the Green Party candidate. And, I don't know who, else, who who the other people are, but whatever. Um, so now that we have two rapists and then whoever else is deciding to run, um, I kind of decided that for the presidential election, what I'm going to do is I'm going to protest vote and I'm going to write in Bernie Sanders. Um, and after that, I'm going to vote like how I usually vote and um, vote... Uh, for like whatever it, there is going on in November and my like local and state elections and stuff. So my voice is also heard. So if you guys are listening to this and um, you guys are in the same position where you don't want to vote for the lesser of two evils, then definitely consider the option or definitely make the choice still to go and vote because there are other things to vote for other than the presidency. You know, there are representatives uh, offices that are uh, going up again for reelection, um, senators, you, you name it, uh, mm -hmm. many things to vote for. Um, but you should definitely make your vote heard. That's one of the only powers that we have as uh, citizens of this great country. So definitely make your voice heard. But that's definitely what I'm going to do. I don't want to give them, uh, let me tell you why. I don't want to give them any more power over us. Like, I don't want to continue the cycle. Like, think of it this way, like guys. Like, what happens if Joe Biden wins? You know, like, if he wins, we're just going to get a, a, a crazier, more alt-right, more like Nazi, like, like everything that Donald Trump is, but more to address the, like, how shitty of a democratic president that we were going to have. The Republicans are not just going to sit idly by and watch uh, Obama 2.0 uh, in the White House. They're going to come back with something harder, much harder um, to be than him. Um, uh, something, someone worse than Trump. I, I don't know if that's possible, but I mean, huh. uh, someone that could. I mean, as bad as he is, he is probably going to be Joe Biden. Let's be honest. Um, the only thing they could say to Joe Biden at this point is, A, if he changes his policies in a radical, uh, in a really radical way, or his VP pick could possibly save him because he's just at such an old age and declining with his, especially with his cognitive ability. Um, but I'm assuming also with his health, he is getting older. Um, I think that that could possibly save him. Uh, as shitty as it kind of sounds to say that he's probably yeah. on like, probably gonna die soon i mean 
that's the truth. Uh, and I think that the VP pick for him is a really important one and probably one that could save him uh, come November. But that's what I'm going to do. Uh, let's go ahead and see uh, what uh, you're going to do. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting you brought up that last point because um, I am going to mention that too. But uh, I am also um, on board with protesting the Democratic Party. I think that voting is important no matter what, whether you are going to vote for the party's candidate or not. Um, third party is always an option too. I'm always, you know, cheering people on who vote third party, but yeah, I am going to get, I am going to vote for Bernie Sanders as well. I'm going to write him in on the ticket. Uh, I think that that's the best way to really show protest and show that, um, Bernie did. I'm, and I'm hoping a lot of other people do this too. Um, it, that I think that it will really show Bernie was the candidate that the majority of Americans wanted, the majority of Democrats wanted, um, and that we are not going to let our vote be swayed by somebody that you put forth. Uh, sorry, not sorry. So definitely, uh, highly, highly considering doing that. I, I think I'm pretty much pretty sure that I'm going to end up doing that. The only thing is we were talking earlier about possibly having a progressive VP. And it, like you said, Bennett, I think that could possibly save Biden. Um, not just my vote for Biden, but uh, other people's vote, uh, progressives, especially Bernie supporters, I think are already planning on not voting for Biden. So if there's a chance that he has a progressive VP, Why I think a lot news? of why you brought oh, that up? Well, so Stacey Abrams is um, actually like actively seeking this role to be VP um, on Biden's ticket. So that's really positive, honestly. I think she would be a great running mate. He's Biden has already uh, said that he was going to elect, he was going to pick a woman to be his vice president pick. So I, I don't think that rules her out. I think the fact that she's a progressive is obviously putting her down uh, a little bit lower on the list. But I think that Democrat, the Democratic committee is going to see that uh, they're losing support because of this whole situation with Bernie, especially you know New York coming out saying they're going to take Bernie off his ticket. Um, I think that a lot of Democrats are going to be upset by this and the committee is going to realize that. And so maybe picking a progressive won't seem like such a radical idea. Um, I'm not really hopeful about that, but if Biden does pick Stacey Abrams or someone who is more progressive, well, I'm not more progressive, someone who is a progressive and there's a chance we could get a progressive president, I may slide over to the Biden ticket. Um, but that's a big maybe too, just because I think it's a cliche, you know, once in a lifetime type thing about having a progressive president. I would really love that. And I'm not really sure Biden's going to last the full term, but I have big moral <sighs> a dilemma voting for Biden. So um, right now I'm writing in Bernie Sanders there's a possibility, Stacey Abrams, if you win that VP pick, uh, maybe, maybe. 
And I think that's a great place to wrap it up. So once again, guys, thank you so much. I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. Um, Once again, our only intention is to educate you, make you aware of all the things that are going on on a daily basis in this country, things that they, the mainstream media, your representatives in government, many people, corporate oligarchs, they do not want you to know this information because why it all affects them negatively. It affects the status quo. Um, It threatens the power that be, you know? So um, the more, you know, that one phrase, uh, knowledge is power and it stays true here. So once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Follow us on our social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, as well as our Facebook chatbot. So thank you guys, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.